The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to a, a bunch of emails. We'll touch on the injury calculator and fightformyltd.com. All of that is coming up here in just a bit. But, Savannah, we start every show with uh, the week that was to look back and some things that are currently coming across your desk and in the firm, yeah? That's right. I mean, you'd think that it would have been a, a, a slow week given the weather. The weather has just been yeah, spectacular. Dry but and warm. No, it, it's just been as busy as ever, people calling me. And, and you know, I, I, I really split uh, into categories the people who call me and contact me after the show. Uh, they're the people who uh, really need help. There mm-hmm. are people who uh, are already receiving help from other lawyers and just want to run things by me because they're concerned they're not getting the information they need. Right. And, and of course, there are the people uh, that uh, have had matters uh, and they settled, and when they hear the information we give out, they're having buyer's remorse. Big time. And they always contact me, and they always tell me, oh, you know, it was uh, duress, and, and I signed not knowing what I was signing. Yeah. Well, you know, tough luck. This yeah. is why we've been doing this show for several years now, and, and, you know, been getting really good feedback. And, and I'll tell you this, John, I haven't been just getting good feedback from individuals out there uh, who, who listen uh, and listen regularly, but also from other lawyers uh, and from mediators. And in fact, that brings me to a case that I resolved just in the last few weeks. Okay. It was a car accident. And, you know, we have confidentiality provisions attached to the settlement. So I'm not going to go too much into the case, except to say that uh, it, it dealt with a very lovely woman from Eastern Europe uh, who was. Uh, Involved in this car accident, it was not her fault. She had just started working at a job part-time literally a few weeks before the accident, and she's been in Canada for several decades before that. But uh, she was taking care of her kids. She was raising a family. uh, She was taking care of a husband that was disabled. So she was doing everything she could to make that family function, and then she gets a job when she's able to. Then the accident happens, and of course, the insurance company says, hold on for a second. We're looking at your past. Granted, we, we agree that you've been injured in this accident. Mm-hmm. We, we, we see you. you know, we, we're talking to you. We review the medical documentation, what the doctors have been saying, all the experts' yeah. reports that I've provided them. But you know, we're concerned with the fact that uh, you've only started working a few weeks before the accident. And so how do we know uh, that you would have continued working for the next few years or right. until age 65? Right, she's in her early fifties, uh, and and so we went back and forth, and you know, kudos to the mediator. I'm not going to mention his name on the show, not to embarrass him, uh, but kudos to him. Fantastic mediator, and this is really what I want to bring out. I, I want to bring out the point that there are a lot of excellent defense lawyers, lawyers who work for insurance companies, lawyers who are not. I'm not going to use uh, a bad word here, but are not bad people. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're people who are just doing their job, but they are very pragmatic. So that when you get into an accident and you come to me and I start a claim on your behalf of your injuries and I get that lawyer, like the one that I had in this case, yeah. and I have a mediator like the one that I had in this case, the outcome is a six-figure settlement that my client was very, very happy about. Nice. It's going to compensate her for the injuries, for everything that the family has gone through, you know, for the fact that she suffered income losses. So it's really, really key to, and, and important to understand that who you go to and who you seek help from and doing it early on after an accident is absolutely crucial. And you do have these very positive outcomes. And look, at the end of the day, this lady is going to have to deal with these injuries for a very, very long time, and she's probably not going to be able to go back to work. But the point is, we are able to resolve these cases successfully. It does not take years upon years upon years. 
And the insurance companies, as much as they put up a fight, they are willing to settle. They are interested in resolving cases, legitimate cases. Okay, very, very important yeah. to understand. If you have a legitimate injury, or if you're dealing with a long-term disability issue, make sure you give us a call, even if it's just to get some information, even if it's just to arm yourself with the legal options so that when the time comes and you have to pull the trigger, figuratively speaking, and make sure that you do what you need to do to protect yourself and your family, you know where to go to and you know where to get the help that you need. 416-216-5910 is that number. What else you got? All right, so we have a few other interesting cases that I can talk about in more detail. This is a long-term disability case uh, involving one of the big insurance companies, Manulife. Uh, And this individual who's from Toronto contacted me because Manulife had sent him a letter uh, that stated that based on the medical information they gathered and that they have on his file, uh, they simply do not see uh, him as being totally disabled. In other words, they think he should be able to go back to work. Uh, And he has mental health and addiction issues. In fact, he's been diagnosed with post-acute withdrawal symptoms, uh, which are causing manic depression. And uh, he's seeking addiction specialists and he's uh, getting rehab. So let me let me read to you the little email that he had emailed me in order to contact me. uh, and, And of course, we got in touch and we're helping him. So, so here's what he writes. He says, Hi, I enjoy your radio program on AM640. I've been on LTD for almost two years. The insurance company informed me that the benefits will be terminated as of March 23rd, mm. 2017. I have addiction and mental health issues that are being treated at CAMH with addiction specialists and psychiatrists. I would like... Uh, uh, to know how much is a consultation uh, visit and if I can book one. And then he signs off his name. So first of all, these consultations, just talking to me, me helping you, giving you this information, it costs nothing. And more to the point, with this individual, uh, the fact that he hasn't yet been cut off, in other words, the insurance company is saying that they will cut him off in March, tells me that perhaps we can intervene earlier, perhaps we can avert the cutoff. Because what we do in these situations, and again, I I don't charge a dime for this. I'll review the medical documents, I'll get the person to sign authorization, allowing me or one of my associates to contact the insurance adjuster directly, and we will make the case in an email or a fax, enclosing the authorization, trying to persuade the insurance company not to cut the person off. And we have been successful in the past. And in situations where we haven't been successful and the insurance company just says, no, forget about it. We don't believe you, Sivan. Uh, we, we disagree with your assessment. They've cut the person off. We are then ready to start a claim. And I bet you, John, that in this case, if we did that, and we're going to do that, yeah. if they cut them off, we haven't got a, gotten a response yet. If they cut them off, we will be in a position to start a claim and we will resolve his claim a few months down the road and it's going to be in a very satisfactory way to him because he has a case and the insurance company should not be cutting him off. 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to your emails and talk about LTD and a few more week that was cases uh, when we take a short break here on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640. 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Some emails coming up here in just a bit and we'll get to the injury calculator as well. What do you got, pal? Well, we have an interesting case uh, to discuss, and this goes back to what I had mentioned at the outset of the show. Uh, This lady here had contacted me from somewhere uh, west near London, Ontario, and she had a slip and fall inside a store back in October of 2011. She slipped on a puddle of water. There were no signs uh, that displayed uh, warning signs that said that it was a wet floor. She injured her right shoulder and hip. She had difficulties with work, etc. And here's what she asked. 
I'm going to pose this to you, John, and you tell me if, if you have uh, uh, an alarm bell that starts uh-huh. ringing in your head. She wanted to know if she can switch firms and get back the money that she has been paying to her lawyer as her case not been settled yet. She's been paying her lawyer? She's been paying her lawyer, and this incident occurred back in 2011. Wow. Right? Just for everyone out there, in case you've forgotten, this is 2017. (laughs) Six years ago. Right? We always talk about the fact that many of these cases, for some reason, they Mm -hmm. tend to just drag on and on and on. There are very few instances where cases should be dragging on for years and years and years. And those cases include when you have severe injuries to children and you have to see what happens with those children and how they grow up. Or if you have multiple accidents and you're close to settlement and then suddenly your client is in another accident. You know, these are complications. Otherwise, it should not take anywhere near that time frame to resolve these things. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing, of course, that bothers me here is the fact that she's asking if she can get any of the money that she had paid her lawyer back. Well, no, you should not have been paying anything in the first place. And what I mean by that is that, look, everyone out there is entitled to enter into a contractual arrangement with their lawyer or law firm of their choice. Yeah. If you want to pay your lawyer uh, a retainer for a personal injury matter, or, or, or if you want to pay the expenses along the way, or you want to pay those fees, that's up to you. Good luck. The majority of lawyers, good lawyers, who deal in this area of law will not charge you a dime with the exception of things like a medical malpractice case where you have to first get an expert opinion before you even consider going after a doctor for negligence. But in usual types of cases, personal injury cases, slip and falls, car accidents, uh, long-term disability claims, these kinds of things, you should not be paying the lawyer anything until the case resolves. That's usually how these cases uh, go on. My response was that I couldn't do anything for her because this accident happened so long ago, I have no idea how many skeletons are now in the closet. I mean, the fact that the case hasn't resolved by now or hasn't resolved in half the time or really even a third of the time tells me that there are a lot of problems here. Uh, And and maybe some of those problems just arose from the fact that the lawyer didn't know what he or she was doing. Uh, Perhaps it's because that lawyer simply didn't care. Whatever the situation is, I I wasn't able to help or certainly I wasn't able to uh, tell her that I could get all that money that she had been paying her lawyer along the way back to her. So again, a word of advice in personal injury types cases, long-term disability claims, make sure you do your homework, make sure you choose the lawyer correctly on, on the basis of valid criteria. In other words, not because you've seen a flashy ad or because, you know, your friend told you that they know of this person who knows, knows that person who got a million bucks for this particular, mm-hmm. you know, injury. Just make sure you do your due diligence, read about the lawyer, uh, try, try and interview several lawyers, just get, get a good feel for the lawyer make sure that they will advance your interest because otherwise you're going to be that person who calls me two years down the road asking me if you can switch firms. Yeah, she's too deep in now. She'll, she you know, she she's can't recoup deep. anything. She's no, way she too can't. deep. She's stuck. Exactly, exactly. 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. What else is happening in your place? Well, here's lots. another email. Yeah, lots. And, and you know, these are interesting cases and, and many of them are very tragic. Um, and we do our best to really help people, not only just from a legal standpoint, but just you know, get on with their lives. Uh, so, so this is an email that I had received. Uh, this lady wrote, Hi, the case is involving a nursing home neglect causing uh, the death of my children's dad. Uh, she says, basically, a lawyer was obtained at the time of death, which happened in 2014. Uh, a coroner's report was received just a few months ago. Uh, a settlement 
apparently has been sent to the lawyer. Nothing has been signed off at this point. We need another lawyer to discuss the matter with, um, as now there appears to be pressure to sign off on the settlement. So, you know, when I hear someone telling me that they are being pressured to sign off on a settlement, again, very, very problematic. And, and, you know, when, when people feel pressured, it's because something is telling them that something is not right. There's a gut feel, right? That's when you feel pressured, that yeah. somebody's telling you, you got to do this or else. And I never say that to my client. I will present all the options. I will tell my client, here's what I think is going to happen if you do this or if you don't do that. But at the end of the day, I'm there to provide advice. I'm not there to tell you how to run your life. I'm not there to tell you that one choice is better than the other for you. I can tell you which legal choice is better, in my opinion, but I'm not going to tell you which one is better for you in terms of what you're going through with your life. So for this lady to contact me for a second opinion, you know, that's absolutely fine. Uh, I never shy away from second opinions. And you know, John, I've said this on the show before, very, very rarely will I tell someone that, you know, they have to switch lawyers. I certainly will not tell them you have to switch to me. I will simply analyze the case. I will not ask for the name of the lawyer or the law firm. In fact, many times people have contacted me after the show and I thought, my God, those are phenomenal cases, excellent, yeah. excellent cases. And when I've talked to them about their cases, you know, the cases were being handled properly. Maybe the, I would have done things, you know, a little bit different here and there. And, and of course, then when I asked who the lawyers were, and, and I knew who the lawyers are, and the lawyers are of, of absolutely the highest caliber, I told people, those people who called me, I said, stay with your lawyers. You're going to gain nothing but by switching over to me or to any one of my colleagues. So, you know, if I think that the case is being handled correctly, I will tell you it's being handled correctly. If I don't think it's being handled correctly, I will tell you here are the things yeah. that I think are not being handled correctly or here's what you should know about your case. So in this case, with this lady uh, who is facing obviously a very tragic situation where with the father of her children dying, uh, you know, th that's something that uh, is, of course, very, very delicate. It's something that she has to really look into really carefully. Uh, she needs to understand the terms of the settlement, how the settlement was arrived at, uh, what exactly is going to happen if she rejects the settlement. And, and, you know, it seems to me like here the lawyer didn't do that. He didn't go through everything and all the information that this lady needs in order to make a proper informed decision, which is why she's reaching out to me. Which is nice. A lot of lawyers would have said, oh, here, I can help you. Come over here. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad guys out there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, you know, maybe, you know, the settlement is for, I don't know, $500,000. Sure. And maybe I think that she really deserves $600,000. I'm not just going to tell her, listen, I can get you $100,000 more. First of all, there are no guarantees in this business. Mm -hmm. I can only give you probabilities. No one is going to be able to give you guarantees. And if someone gives you a guarantee, they're lying to you because there are no guarantees in law. There just aren't. That's why we have these fights with insurance companies because each side thinks that they're right. I'm just telling you that from my perspective, insurance companies like to settle because in my practice, that's what usually happens. Right. But, you know, very, very important to understand that when you're going even for another uh, consult, a second opinion, a third opinion, again, make sure you choose the lawyer the, correctly, the lawyer you're going to go for that second and third opinion. Because if you go, you know, to someone, that their whole interest is just to get you to switch to them, you're not getting the best advice possible. 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Emails, that's exactly where we're going to go after we take a short break. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910, the email address is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Mikey uh, from Cornwall writes in, says, my 42-year-old son has been on long-term disability 
for severe depression for over a year. He sees a psychologist every week and is on heavy meds. Despite all the medical proof, how long-term disability adjuster keeps calling him every week and questions the uh, legitimacy of his disability. It's gotten to the point that my son's anxiety shoots sky high every time that phone rings. What can he do? Well, Mike, thanks for emailing us. And, uh, you know, we can help your son. This is not unusual, unfortunately. In fact, I'd probably say that in over 90% of cases where we get involved in long-term disability cases, the biggest... um, not the biggest, but the most common comment that yeah. I get from people is a thank God you are now involved. Thank God that I don't have to speak or email or or stop have any communications correct with with my adjuster because you know that's causing such stress and anxiety that it torpedoes any rehab program. You know, if the person is suffering from some kind of a, of a psychological, psychiatric uh, illness or even a physical ailment, just having to deal with their adjusters, particularly when the insurance company is trying to. Uh, cut them off or force them to go back to work or force them into some kind of a rehab program. People just don't know what to do. And I'm saying this on the air. I'm saying, come to me, contact me, let me and my team deal with the insurance adjuster on your behalf. Just that alone is going to take so much pressure off of you that you're going to say to yourself, why did I not contact Sivan before? And, 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 you know, that alone is, is just worth the phone call and the email. And, and so, Mike, what I would tell you right now to do is make sure that just this instance, uh, tell your son to contact me. Uh, I, I don't bite, you know. I, I'm, I'm very personable. You eat uh, a lot, but you don't I bite. I eat a lot, exactly. That's different. Right. But, but, you know, we will be able to help. I promise you we will be able to help so that he can focus on getting better and doesn't have to focus on fighting with the insurance adjuster. And it's not the fact that they don't want to contact uh, you know, your client afterwards. They can't. Once you're involved, the insurance company does not you got contact it. them. You got right? it. They're not allowed and they know it. Yeah. And they know it. And, and you know, Mike's son is going to do a lot better uh, receiving a phone call or an email from me or an associate of mine uh, or, or my assistant than from the insurance adjuster who only has one thing on their mind, which is how can we get this guy off of our insurance plan? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it comes across in the way they talk to these disabled individuals. It comes across in, in the, just the correspondence. It's just, it's just not good. It, it's not productive. And you know, it actually goes against the, the interests of the insurance company because it's creating a scenario where the person is just getting more and more anxious which is which is a catch twenty two. They can't get better because they're so anxious dealing with the insurance adjuster. They can't go back to work, so they stay on the LTD plan. Yeah. A lot of questions come through mydisabilityquestions.com or help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email. We'll get to some of those that have come through, and a lot of the popular ones like this one. How are LTD benefits calculated? Well, that's a very common question, and what I tell people is that uh, disability benefit payments are usually based on a specific percentage of monthly earnings, uh, whatever those are. It could be 60%, 66%, 70%, whatever it is. So take a look at the disability booklet or policy that you have. If you don't have it, ask your insurance company or HR at your company. They'll be able to give it to you, and usually there's a formula. There's no magic to it. There's a formula. It's going to tell you exactly how to calculate how much you're going to be getting. So when the claim is approved, when do the payments actually start? Well, they actually should be starting fairly quickly. Uh, and, and, you know, generally speaking, there is an elimination period, which is a qualifying period of time. Whether you're dealing with shortened disability, where it can be about a week or so before you start getting approved and getting paid to LTD. And LTD payments, right? Anybody who's been applying for LTD or has applied for LTD knows that there is a period of time, usually it's a few months, whatever those are, four yeah. months, five months, six months, 
where during that time you have to be disabled. And that's usually, by the way, when you access either EI sick benefits or shortened disability. And after that qualifying period or elimination period is completed, that's when you start getting LTD. If there is a delay in your payment, so let's say you're supposed to get the payment January 1st, uh, 2017, right. but you haven't gotten it for January, you're going to get a catch-up payment. There's going to be a retroactive payment to when you got uh, approved and the elimination period uh, ended. Tax-free? Uh, well, the taxing is dependent on, on who paid for the coverage. Gotcha. Uh, if you're the one as the employee who paid 100% for coverage, in other words, for your LTD insurance, you're not going to get taxed. But if your employer contributed or paid for that plan, it's you're going to get taxed. 50-50 or whatever you get, you can have. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, no, no. You're going to get taxed. If your employer yeah. contributed or paid in whole for the coverage, you're going to get taxed. Okay. It's only if you had paid 100% of the premiums that you're not going to get taxed. Talking about questions when it comes to LTD, the number 416-216-5910. So how and when are payments actually made once that claim's approved? Again, that depends on the insurance company, but you know, generally they're made on a monthly basis. Right. So sometimes I'll get people calling me saying, I haven't received it in a few weeks. And I'll tell them, well, speak with the adjuster. Sometimes there's just a technical issue with the payment. But generally, uh, it's either by check or what's more common is a direct deposit. Uh, into your account, uh, you, sh- you should certainly, you know, contact the adjuster or the case manager if you've been expecting a check for the last month or two months and you haven't received anything. Right. You know, don't just assume that everything is hunky dory. Make sure that you follow up with your case manager because if you are used to getting a check, let's say, or a direct deposit, the third week of every month and you haven't received it for two months, there is a problem, obviously. So how long does a person receive disability payments? Ah, that's the question, of course. Uh, That's the million-dollar question, really, uh, because everyone wants to know, and everybody has, you know, different ideas depending on what they read on the Internet. And that's when we get into, well, what's total disability? How do you qualify and how do you remain qualified for LTD payments? So remember, the majority of policies out there, you get LTD, long-term disability, for two years if you are disabled from doing your own occupation. Once you hit the two-year mark, uh, that's when the test becomes more general. It becomes wider, broader. Uh, It's more difficult to meet. That test now becomes, can you do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? But remember, it's a long road from when you get qualified and start getting payments and until you get cut off. And that road is not straight, right? I mean, you're going to have a lot of uh, uh, alleys and and valleys, and and it's going to be winding up and down. Why? Because the insurance company, throughout that road, throughout that journey that they're taking with you, are going to try and get you off those benefits. Either they're going to send you to their own doctors, or they're going to ask for more invasive uh, information from your doctors, uh, or they're going to want you to participate in some rehab program that your doctors don't agree with. Whatever the situation is, at some point, they're going to try and shake you off the LTD plan. That's just what they do. That's how they save money. That's how they make money. Very, very important that if any of that happens, you call me and contact me because we want to make sure that that does not happen to you. And if it does happen to you, that we can counter it and make sure that you're in the best legal position to fight back. 416-216-5910 416-216-5910 is that number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's the email address. We'll get to more of your concerns uh, from email after we take a short break here from the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Mydisabilityquestions.com. You want to ask some questions you don't hear answered on the show? 
You can use that particular uh, their website as well. Susanna from North York says, I was in a car crash last summer in northern Ontario. The driver that caused the accident had no insurance. I broke a few ribs, suffered a concussion. My husband was injured even worse. He broke his back and uh, still has issues walking. We are in our 50s. Uh, what can we do legally? Our insurance company has been very good to us so far, but I'm afraid we'll uh, have permanent issues because of our injuries. Right. Yeah, no, it's a big wow here. And Susanna, let, let's go through the basics. When you're involved in a, um, in a car crash, there are two types of bodily injury claims that you have. The first one is with your own insurance company. The second one is with the insurance company of whoever caused the accident. In your case, you're saying that the driver that caused the accident had no insurance. Smart. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, in, in Ontario, insurance, uh, auto insurance is mandatory. So clearly that person was breaking the law. But where does that leave you? So let's start off with the first portion here, which is your insurance company. Your insurance company is going to have accident benefits that you can access. And those accident benefits include medical rehabilitation benefits. You're probably going to get, um, given the type of injuries that you and your husband suffered, most likely you're going to have up to at least $50,000 each for medical and rehabilitation. Uh, And again, depending on the severity of the injuries, um, you may even get more than that, depending on the classification of your injuries. Uh, you know, if you're unable to work, there's income replacement benefits. You know, there's a whole slew of benefits that we can talk off air about and I can advise you on, but it's very, very important that you access those benefits because those will help both of you hopefully get better. Uh, and of course, you know, if you have needs around the home, those benefits will be there to assist you. Right. The second type of claim uh, that we mentioned before is the other driver's insurance, which of course here is absent. Well, what do you do if you are injured, seriously injured as a result of a car accident and the other driver is either uninsured or perhaps even is unidentified? You know, they fled the scene. Under the Insurance Act in Ontario, there is a section called Section 265. And what it does is it provides a safety net. It allows you to essentially make a parallel claim to the accident benefits claim. It's called a tort claim, yep. a claim for pain and suffering and all the other types of benefits and losses that you require and that you've lost because of this accident, again, against your own insurance company. So essentially, your insurance company under Section 265 of the Insurance Act steps into the shoes of the absent insurance company for the other driver, okay? So essentially, you're going to have here, Susanna, you and your husband, uh, a claim against your insurance company for accident benefits, as well as, in addition to it, a claim against your insurance company for the tort side, for the pain and suffering, uh, for any excess income loss and, and future income losses that you and your husband are going to suffer. Very, very important to understand these kinds of concepts, or at least to go to a lawyer and a law firm that uh, really focus on these types of, of, of uh, accidents, serious accidents, uh, because we will know what we need to do with the insurance companies. These insurance companies are not going to simply volunteer that they are on the hook. It's not going to happen. You have to make sure that you go to the proper uh, uh, law firm. Uh, that Again, that you do your research. Give me a call. I'll tell you what you need to do in this case, Susanna. Uh, but very, very important to understand you have very, very serious claims. And your accident, of course, occurred last summer. So it's even more important that we get on it as soon as possible. I'm assuming at this point that you've 
uh, been in touch with your insurance company with respect to accident benefits. So now the question is, what do we do and how quickly do we act on the other part of the claim, the one that gets triggered by Section uh, 265 of the Insurance Act? So give me a call off air. I'm going to speak with you and your husband. I'll come and meet with you guys face-to-face so that we can have a really long and in-depth discussion of all your legal options. In this case, I mean, in, in, in what you've seen in the past, what happens to that driver? I mean, legally, he has no insurance. Okay, so he's off the hook legally for that, or at least financially for that. That's incentive not to get insurance, these guys, if, they're, if they don't have to pay for it. But what legally happens to these guys? They see time? Well, yeah, you know, they're definitely going to get charged. I'm not sure what the charges, yeah. uh, you know, to be honest with you, but I can tell you that there is another uh, reason to have insurance. Of, of course, you should have insurance, you know. You have it's, to. It's a non-issue, <laughs> right. But other than getting charged, uh, the law in Ontario says that if you don't, if you're driving without auto insurance mm-hmm. and someone else uh, hits you, someone else is at fault, because you yourself were driving without insurance, you actually can't make a claim against them yeah. for Good. pain and suffering. Good. So you're precluded from bringing that kind of a claim. So that's an added penalty on you. So uh, I'll ask you this one. What kind of injuries do you typically see in your practice? Like uh, what kind of cases you and your team handle daily? Th- these kinds of cases, very serious car yeah. accidents. And, and you know, uh, the majority of the cases that we deal with, uh, you know, are, are broken bones, uh, head injuries, spinal injuries. But, you know, sometimes the injuries are, quote unquote, invisible injuries, as insurance companies um, say, uh, which means, you know, situations where you have severe chronic pain that's developed as a result of an accident. So you can't see anything on an x-ray. There, there is yeah. no tear per se. There is no broken bone. Uh, but, you know, people are in tremendous pain. They're unable to work or they're on light duties or modified duties and they've been like that for months and months and months. And they really, really need that help, that legal help to be able to get the compensation that they're owed. So, you know, we see a lot of uh, serious injuries at our firm, uh, long-term disability type claims of all kinds, physical disabilities, mental disabilities, emotional disabilities, et cetera. And a ton of slip and falls, I guess, depending on the year. Oh, 100%, the time weather, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every week, absolutely, every week. But, but you know, it's very important. You know, if somebody comes to me and says, listen, I, sl- I slipped and fell, uh, I'm a little achy, but I'm able to do my work full time, and, you know, the doctors don't think that there's anything wrong with me, then I'll be up, you know, absolutely honest with you. I'll tell you, listen, uh, monitor and see what happens in the next few weeks, next few months. I'm not going to start a claim if it appears to be a very modest type claim, not because you may not have a claim altogether, but it may not be worthwhile for you to go through the process. So I'm very, very upfront about that. We generally deal with moderate to severe types of claims in our office. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to the injury calculator as soon as we come back from break. And more of your emails uh, as well. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That is email. And if you've not touched the injury calculator, use this sucker. Pretty cool. Injurycalculator.ca. Give me some details on that bad boy. Fantastic online tool. It's free. It's anonymous. It'll take you 25 seconds, 30 seconds at most to use. And what it is essentially is it's a database of cases from across the country of people who have been injured. Uh, And so what happens, John, if you're in a car accident and uh, you you broke uh, your knee or you slipped and fell, you broke your ankle, your wrist, and you want to know, you know, what am I looking at uh, for pain and suffering? What can I get dollar value if I start a claim against whoever was at fault for my injury? for pain and suffering. Forget about the income loss and everything else that we'll talk about, just pain and suffering. And so what we've done is we've inputted into this calculator, this database of cases from across the country of people who've had similar types of injuries. 
So when you go on the calculator, you'll see it asks you for the accident date, the location, how old are you, very simple questions. It doesn't ask you for your name or number or email. Mm -hmm. It asks you what kind of injury did you suffer? What is the extent of that injury? In other words, let's say you had uh, a broken knee. Did you have surgery on that knee? And so you go through these uh, click-type menus, you click a few things, and then at the end, the calculator spits out a range of damages, so a range, an actual number. It'll tell you, for your ankle, John, uh, after looking at cases from across the country, a comparable uh, injury to yours, uh, the courts have awarded, uh, let's say, a range of 30000 to $60,000. Right. And you have those ranges because no two cases are exactly the yep. same, but that's why you have ranges. And people want to know. They want to know, does, does it make sense to, you know, for me to contact Sivan? Um, you know, I, I'm not going to start a claim just so that at the end of the day, I'm going to get $2 in my pocket. But if we're talking about $30,000, well, you know what? Yeah, my family could really do with that kind of money. And remember, the calculator will give you the amount for your pain and suffering, but that amount can be dwarfed by the other losses. So if you're a factory worker and you broke your ankle and now you're going to have difficulty working in your job and you're earning, let's say, $40,000 a year, you're 50 years old, you know, you can't work in the same job for the next two years, suddenly you're losing $80,000. So, you know, your ankle injury may be worth $30,000, but your income loss may be worth $80,000. Right. So very important. And this is why at the end, when you get the result in the calculator, you can click for a consult, and then I get emailed those results, and then you and I end up communicating and chatting. Advised. But, exactly. Yeah. But if you never ask for the consult, it's as though you've never, you know, you haven't even been there. You can't tell. You can't tell. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca is the email. We'll get to uh, Ben here from Scarborough. It says, I've listened to you uh, for over a year and really appreciate what you're doing and the information you give out. I was just cut off long-term disability. Because they say I can do other work, I've received LTD for two years. I'm a mechanical engineer, and I suffer from insomnia and memory loss because of an accident a couple years ago. I have someone helping me at home. There is no way I can hold down a job, and my doctors agree. I'd like to talk to you and I'd like you to talk to my adjuster and see if they'll change their opinion. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Ben. I have no issue doing that. And again, I tell people, if you're having difficulties with your adjusters, call me, email me. We will be able to help, if only to simply give you your legal rights to tell you, here are the options. Here's what you should do. I mean, we do this. I'll tell you, John, probably half my time is dedicated to just communicating and talking to people about yeah. what their options are, what they should or should not do. And, and, you know, I don't charge for that. This is just, to me, it's it's something I should be doing. You know, I should be telling you, John, that to speak with me, I'm going to charge you 500 bucks an hour. I just don't think it's right. I can give you that information oftentimes via email. People email me all the mm -hmm. time. Uh, particularly since they know they'll get an email back within a few minutes. Uh, so, so you know, by all means, Ben, I, we can definitely deal with the insurance company. And, you know, if your doctors are saying that you should not be going back to work, then you should not be going back to work. Doctors are on your side. Uh, they're on your side. And, you know, I, I'd like to see what those doctors have written down. Uh, perhaps there is a different way of getting them to write these things down. You know, I always say that insurance companies are very... Uh, focus on the documentation and the reports that they're seeing. So sometimes we simply ask specific questions of the doctors and, and help the doctors um, understand what it is that the insurance company is really asking. Right, right. And so, you know, oftentimes I see a, a, a um, situation where the insurance company is just not getting the answers they need to get, right? They're, them and the doctors are not talking the same language. And so we help with that. So by all means, we can help just uh, get in touch with me after the show. But generally speaking, the doctor's word trumps all, right? 
as far as I'm concerned, they yeah. trump all. And I'll tell you, I have never had a case uh, where uh, the doctors were adamant that this person cannot go back to work and the insurance company at some point in the claims process did not back down because they know that if this thing ever went in front of a judge, who would a judge listen to, to the adjuster or the doctors? Right. Right? Makes sense. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Back to bounce back, back over to your emails here. After a short break in the insurance and injury law show, it's Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Greg, living in Barrie, writes in, says, I've been told by my long-term disability case manager that I have to try to return to work. I've been on LTD for over a year because of an addiction to medications after back surgery. And my doctor says that I shouldn't be going back right now. I'm in rehab program. I'm concerned that they may try to strong arm me back to work against my doctor's advice. Can they do that? No, they can't. I mean, they'll try to do that, yeah. uh, but no, they can't, Greg. And again, another example of, of situations where a situation where you should be contacting me, let me speak with the adjuster. Let me communicate with that person and find out what exactly is motivating them to do something that is completely illogical. If your doctors are saying you cannot go back to work because of addiction to medications or anything else, I'd like to know on what basis is the insurance company forcing or trying to force you to do something that is contrary to medical advice. I mean, I I just don't understand that, and I see this quite often. So, Greg, get in touch with me after the show. I'm going to communicate directly with the adjuster. You're not going to have to have that anxiety uh, of having to deal with them and fight with them. And and I'll tell you, if they, in fact, push through and say that they're going to cut you off because you're not complying with the policy, that's what they're going to say. You're not complying with your obligations under the policy to try and get back to work. Trust me, they're going to get a claim on their desk the very next day, and they will pay you a lot of money down the road to settle your claim. I am, I'm not going to say I'm guaranteeing you that, but I'm telling you that it's happened to me so many times I can't even count how many. Let me uh, look at it from another way then. It's not the insurance company giving you grief. It's your uh, your job. You're on LTD and you get let go. What happens then? Oh boy. You know, not a, not a week goes by that I don't have people in those situations, which is why it's so imperative for me to have employment lawyers around in my right. firm, and we oftentimes work together on these kinds of situations, uh, in these kinds of cases. And, and you know, he, here's the reality, and Lior talks a lot on the employment hour about this very issue. If you are let go from your job while you are disabled, that is illegal. It's a violation of uh, your human rights. You're entitled to severance, human rights damages, etc. But at the same time, it doesn't affect your LTD claim. Why? Because what's important is that you became disabled and began receiving LTD benefits while while still on the job and while you were covered. So uh, the plan, the plan that you're on, the LTD plan, uh, will last beyond the termination of your employment. It's just that now we're dealing with two separate issues, your LTD claim, which me and my team are, you know, we we, we deal with, and the employment uh, side of the the case, uh, the equation, uh, that the employment lawyers and our our law firm are going to be dealing with. And because we are all in the same area, right, physically, literally, we're in the same office, we can communicate, and we often do, to maximize the amount of benefits and severance that our clients get. Just to go through it one more time, give me some details on the injury calculator before we wrap it up. Fantastic tool. allows you to uh, gauge or to get an idea of how much money you could potentially be looking at at receiving for pain and suffering if you've suffered an injury as a result of someone's negligence, be it from a car accident, slip and fall, dog bite, whatever it is. You want to know how much you could potentially be looking at for pain and suffering in your pocket? 
go to the injury calculator, uh, injurycalculator.ca, and it's going to give you that ability to assess online, anonymously, and for free. Is dog bite really that big an issue? Oh my God, it can be, absolutely. You can have scarring, you can have uh, a is trauma. It that, is, are the occurrences that much? Uh, you know, a lot more than, than you can imagine. Wow. It happens a lot, particularly with certain types of, of dogs, right? I mean, it can be very, very traumatic. And there are people who, uh, the psychological issues, there are physical injuries, yeah, severe right. physical injuries. What happens if it's a kid or a baby that's been attacked? Absolutely. There's lots to get through. And if you didn't get it on this show, there's several ways to get in contact. First, the phone number, 416-216-5910. And as we've gone through a couple times uh, today, the injury calculator, injurycalculator.ca. And if you have questions, you're a little gun shy to, uh, to email in. You just want to ask them anonymously, mydisabilityquestions.com. There's a drop-down menu. Chances are your question has been asked already and answered. If not, Savannah will get to it. And fightformyltd.com as well. There's some information on there you should have uh, at all times as well. All these websites, again, the phone number if you're a little lost on any of those to get a hold of Savannah, 416-216-5910. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640.